Welcome to episode 23 of the Dave Witty Show. I'm your host, Dave Witty. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. Big thanks to Maria Cherwick for coming on last episode. Uh, what a treat to have her on and chat. She's so sweet. Awesome, awesome cat. Um, make sure you do check out all Maria's bands, Kuba Sonics, Flower Hill, and all the other cool things that she's involved with. And I'm really excited about doing a uh, doing a gig with Maria this weekend, uh, which I will touch on in a little bit. Um, got another great episode this week, guys. I uh, had my good friend, Mr. Tony Murray, in. I mean, if you don't know who Tony is... Um, Chances are you've been to an event in St. John's or Atlantic Canada or Newfoundland that Tony has been a part of. Uh, he is the ultimate behind-the-scenes guy. He runs so many big shows. I mean, ECMAs, uh, Music NL Awards, all those events. Plus, he also basically runs the uh, the music side of, of the ship pub and um, and the rock house. So, I mean, Tony's been a lifelong – sorry, not a lifelong friend, but, I mean, he's been a friend of mine for the last – geez. 12, 13 years. I mean, we've worked together on so many different events and, you know, he's always kind enough to have me and uh, for, for a bunch of different shows that happen throughout the year, especially during the festival. And we always do the Tibbs Eve show at the Rock House and Tony's a big part of that. So I was uh, very, very, very lucky to have um, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tony Murray on for this episode. So make sure you do stick around for a great chat with Tony. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, lots going on over here. I mean, it has been crazy, crazy busy this summer. Uh, I've done a total, total, uh, uh, a load of solo stuff. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been crazy the amount of solo work I've done. Um, and also done a couple of great gigs with the band, the new band, the Donnies. Uh, we played the weekend past at Shamrock City, had Mr. Rowan Sherlock filling in as Alex is away again right now. Uh, we had a great weekend at Shamrock. It was super, super fun. It was great to have Rowan play with us. First time I ever met him, uh, which was uh, pretty interesting. I mean, it's always hilarious when you just, you basically hire a guy you never met before, but he just knocks it out of the park. So big thanks to Rowan for filling in uh, this weekend, who'd actually be a great guest to have on. It'd be somebody definitely to chat with. Uh, and we do have an upcoming gig during the George Street Festival. Uh, Friday and Saturday night, we're at O'Reilly's Pub, and we have, as previously mentioned, Maria Cherick filling in. So looking forward to that gig. Going to be a good laugh. Speaking of the George Street Festival, coming in hot here. Um, we've got... I mean, six days, possibly seven days of, of live music on the street, plus whatever else you can find in the bars. Uh, some great acts coming to George Street, and, f you know, to pull this off so fast is, is pretty awesome. So uh, I think it's going to be a great week of music here in St. John's. I mean, especially with acts, you know, Friday night's Glass Tiger. Saturday is the, you know, the infamous kitchen party uh, with headliner Shani Ganook and Navigators just before them, plus a bunch of other great local traditional acts that are, are performing throughout the day. Uh, Sunday is going to be super fun. Tim Baker of Hey Rosetta, uh, you know, he's got a great solo record out right now and doing really, really cool things. Uh, and also the opening act is one of my favorite songwriters, Donovan Wood. So really, really looking forward to that night. Definitely going to be checking that one out. Uh, I got the rec law is going to be a country night. Mr. Justin fancy is opening up that show as a previous guest of mine here on the podcast. So that's going to be a great night. Uh, blue rodeo, Elliot brood and fair Gale. uh, fair Gale, another, Great local group here doing really cool things and a couple of great friends of mine. And, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Blue Rodeo Night on George Street. It just seems fitting at this point, doesn't it? Uh, and closing out the festival as of right now when I'm recording um, is the Arkells who put off just an incredible, incredible show. I mean, they are uh, super, super high energy They put it in your face. It's awesome. Uh, even if you're not a fan of this band, I find... 
that they really know how to put off a show. They get the crowd involved and, uh, you know, just really, really, really great live show. So, um, make sure that you, uh, you, you do stick around, um, you know, for, for those festivals, I mean, or for those, uh, those events are, they're going to be a, a great, great night. Uh, you know, six nights right now possibly seven i'm not really too sure what's happening with the seventh night you know as, as i'm recording but you know and then coming in right after that is going to be iceberg alley which uh you know for anybody who's not listening or sorry not from newfoundland or not from st john's who may be listening iceberg alley is uh it's basically a gigantic performance tent which was once a i think i believe i heard that it was the euro disney uh circus tent that was been purchased and, and it's brought over here and they set it up right on the banks of the Kitty Vitty Lake there. And I think it holds roughly about 2,500 people. And, um, uh, you know, I think it's 10 nights, maybe nine or 10 nights of, of live music. And, uh, you know, also featuring a bunch of local acts opening up, which is really, really great to see. Uh, you know, Melissa Etheridge is there, Billy Talent, April Wine. There's a night with Alan Doyle and Matt May. It's going to be an awesome night. Uh, Johnny Reed, Big Wreck, Our Lady Peace, John Hyatt with Jerry Douglas Band, Bare Naked Ladies, July Talk, the original Desc- Irish Descendants. I mean, it's, that's going to be such a laugh. So, uh, I mean... There's a great month of music coming up here in St. John's. Hopefully, every you know, fingers crossed, everything stays stays pretty good and and on the straight and narrow. You know, regarding COVID and and everything that that surrounds that. So, I mean, it's going to be uh, you know just a great month of of live music. Uh, really looking forward to doing a few gigs myself in between there and and everything else that comes in between. Got a birthday coming up in a couple of weeks here, um, so. You know, I'm going to take that weekend off and, and maybe just head out uh, head out on the bay and, and enjoy it. But other than that, you can pretty much find me anywhere down around, uh, just poking around, playing some playing some tunes somewhere. Um, I do have a new single that's recorded and pretty much ready to go. Uh, breaking news here on the podcast today, but uh, I'm thinking about maybe releasing it in the next couple of months. Got a couple of great ideas for a, for a video, so I'm going to just focus on that for a little bit. But keep in mind that there is a new single coming out. Uh, if you've been trying to get on my website, guys, it's down for some maintenance right now. So if you need to contact me by any means, just you know get me on Facebook or, or um, uh, Instagram. Or, uh, you know, shoot me an email, DaveWitty88 at gmail.com. Um, all good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to just throw it over to Tony now. That's pretty much all that I got going on. We had a really, really great chat, guys. I mean, we're chatting all, this, all the neat stuff that he does. We also had a really in-depth chat about, uh, you know, Leafs and Habs. So I won't I won't break into too much uh, uh, hockey talk or sports talk here to to start you off. And me and Tony did a great job of that. And we also chatted a little Blue Jays as well. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to flip it over to Tony Murray. And I'd like to welcome Mr. Tony Murray to the podcast. Uh, how you doing, Tony? Thanks for doing this uh, today. Really appreciate you taking a bit of time. And uh, uh, I know you're a busy man, but how's everything going? How you doing? All good? Dave, I'm, I'm doing great. And uh, thanks for having me on. You know, I've heard some of the other ones. And uh, uh, you had my buddy Brent down there a while ago and, uh, and some others. And uh, you and I have had so many chats after sound checks or after shows or before shows or wherever that this is just great to get online and have a chat with you. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree anymore. And then, you know, the whole, the whole point of this podcast when I originally started it was that I, I like to feature, you know, unique and interesting people who are doing great things in the community. And without a doubt, I mean, you're one of them and you've been doing it for a long time. You still uh, want me to stay on the call? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, just check it. Okay. Yeah. You're the person I'm talking about. You're the person. Oh, I'm talking okay. about. Good, 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 good. I mean, 
with, with tons of years of experience, Tony, I mean, you've been around the scene longer than most have, uh, yeah. you, you've, <laughs> you've seen, you've seen a lot of things. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people haven't even dreamt of in their lives. Um, you've produced shows for CBC television, uh, East coast music awards, music and L awards, uh, Newfoundland Labrador arts council awards, and also, you know, countless amounts of shows for local venues like the ship pub and, and the rock house, uh, you know, a lifetime experience. So I just want to say big thanks for obviously for coming on and, and, uh, taking some time to have a chat. Thanks Dave. It's great to be here. Um, let's start it off nice and early, Tony. I want to ask you about, cause this is probably something I don't really know about as well Is what kind of got you into the live music production. Like, I mean, um, I, I know, I know you, you dabble in a little guitar. I mean, I know you got a few chords on your belt, but you're, I wouldn't call yourself a musician. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? Oh, oh no, no, not, 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 not even, not even close. Uh, there's, there's i I've got one electric. It's a copy over there. It's Fender. And, um, I pick it up the same way. Sometimes you pick up a book or, uh, you, uh, veg out on the couch and watch Netflix or whatever the case may be. Um, I, I don't practice um i've got fingers like the the bottom of a baby and anybody who plays guitar has you know nice calluses wherever the case may be it's fun it's a question often asked i didn't go into music production because i was a failed or unhappy musician um much more comfortable off the stage behind the stage at front of house or wherever you know with a headset on or or whatever the case may be no really never had a hankering to be like yourself and our other friends who get out there night after night and perform. Now, it was just never my thing. Right, right, right. So, so was there something that kind of triggered you into getting into that that backstage kind of scene, or how, yeah. how did that first 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 work? It, it was it was a real fluke. It was nineteen eighty four, almost eighty five. Um, the big Tina Turner concert was happening down at the old St. John's Memorial Stadium. I was working. Uh, I was going to university and working part-time in a bar on Duckworth Street, very popular bar called Barristers. Barristers had the catering contract for all those concerts at that time that happened at Memorial Stadium. So I get down there, and next thing you know, I get jobs with the production, like doing dressing room stuff and whatever, and then meeting uh, Donald K. Donald himself, who was the Canadian, the biggest promoter in music at the time, um, a lot of the production managers he worked with, uh, became very fascinated with the scheduling and how one thing flowed into another and how, you know, I, I went to lots of concerts, but you never really thought about how, how did they all get here? How did the show start? How did the lights and the video and everything get up in the air? Like, how, how did, you know, how, how would you do anything? So I just, you had a lot of time to watch and learn. And I got really interested and really fascinated. So I just kept asking questions and talking to people and then went from there a couple of years later to doing smaller bar shows and, and learning forever. But that's where I got the bug, if you want to call it that. The bug. Right. You know? Yeah, no, right. Exactly. I mean, and you know, obviously since then you've you've produced, you know, tons of shows. Like I had previously mentioned, some bigger, some smaller. Uh, mm. some of the biggest events, you know, in Atlanta, Canada, you're you're behind the scenes in, which is a, you know, an incredible feat, and you're still doing it. I mean, I know it's been a definitely been a challenging last couple of years. Um what, what do you think about how how's the last couple of years been for for a person like yourself who who's mainly right. driven by you know live performance? Um, I mean, I, I guess weird is probably an understatement. Um, I know when we were, when COVID broke initially, I believe it was right around Patty's day, mid March. It was yeah, exactly. Then. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. Cause I was watching all the Patty's day show build and watch them all just, you know, fade away. It was, it was terrible. And, um, but I was right into the heart of production for the 2020 East coast music awards 
happening right here in St. John's. Mary Walsh was going to host amazing lineup. We were down the road, and then uh, I watched the Junos be postponed, and I'm like, oh, God, are we next? Of course, we got to be next. Everything happens in Newfoundland. It happens everywhere else in the world. We're just a little bit later, but it got here. And um, a half hour. <laughs> yeah, actually, my my uh, my boss, the CEO of ECMA, Andy McLean, called me from the airport in uh, Saskatchewan, and he said, uh, "I just got here at the Junos, and now I'm trying to get out of here because it's over." And I said, "Are we next?" He said, "Hang on." A couple of weeks later, of course, then we were done. So you had you asked the question like, "What happened?" I think for the first couple of weeks, the natural reaction was, "I think we all felt a bit sorry for ourselves. We were very confused." that quickly turn into people who do like contracts for, for a living, whether it's bars or big shows or whatever case would be started wondering, what does that, what does that do monetarily or whatever? And then of course, after we got over all that, that we had to figure out, we still have to put this show on and we went from there. And then the virtual thing started. Yeah. I mean, that must've been quite a different uh, experience for you and a challenge in itself to, I mean, to do everything virtually and to plan, it must've been just a completely different planning process to try to pull that all together. Right. The good thing is I had several TV shows uh, that I'd done over the years. And I always looked at virtual then, or when I started doing that, and even now is I look at this same same mindset as TV. Still got to get an audience to sit, tune in and stay. So uh, that uh, the shows I did with CBC through then TV and some others in Atlantic Canada sort of bowled me well. The problem, looking back now, I'm sorry if I'm laughing because there's nothing funny about it. <laughs> the, the, the problem was... Uh, we didn't know what the rules were at the time we started to, I hate this friggin' word pivot, but at the time we started to pivot, um, I always felt like I, I was feeling like I say that like a, some faker from New York or something. But at the <laughs> time we, we pivoted um, at the, the, the daily updates, we you know with the premier and the, and the, and the and Dr. Fitzgerald, Dr. Haggy, whatever, they were all touching elbow to elbow. Nobody even said physical or social distancing. They weren't even separated. Nobody was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. So, so the first thing you need when you go virtual or TV, whatever, you need product. You got something to put on there. And so you had, you know, this lineup just full of super talented people like Wintersleep and Matt Mays, Davina Doyle, and on and on and on and on and on, but no footage. So what are we going to do? So to, to make a, 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 you know, a, a story more, I guess, enjoyable to listen to and not go into great detail, we, we sort of had to set up across the country, myself and Danny Thomas, who's a production or technical director, sorry, Everywhere we went, we found a studio or a warehouse or some room with different, you know, we put camera and audio people over close to the artists where they were living. Some we did like Tim Baker. He did it in his home and all his band did it with their own, like their phones. I mean, an iPhone 11 is one wicked camera. Yeah, you're right. And whatever. And then we take it, cut it up, splice it together, redo audio, whatever. And, and we had a production. Uh, Mary was the host. Uh, Mary, we actually, we, we took Mary outside. Outside seemed safe. Uh, she was into it. And it was a way for us to showcase uh, St. John's. So, you know, up to, uh, up by the big cannon overlook in the harbor or down the small boat basin, the lookout over by Petty Harbor and, and all these really cool places, Kitty Vitty and whatever. And uh, and you take it back and then you spend, you, you know yourself, you do a show, you cut it up and you put it out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I mean, the hell someone watches. Yeah, no, and and I I did watch it. It was it was it was a great you know for for what you had to work with. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, and especially under yeah. such short circumstances, and to like you mentioned, I hate to use it as well, but pivot fastly into a completely different medium. You know what I mean? The the the, the 
the, the, re, the human factor really, really led into this importantly because as I picked up and called an artist to say, you know, hey, whoever, you know, we can't do the shows we were going to. This is what we're thinking. Not everybody felt the same way about it. And that's the real human factor of COVID. Some people were sort of like, man, I want to help you out, but I'm not leaving the house. Right. People say, you know, uh, I want so bad to get together with my bandmates and play. You got it. Where do I have to show up? A lot of people said, my guitar player's in Saskatchewan, my bass player's in Peterborough, I'm in Halifax, uh, you know, and so on. And so, because you know what, what, what happened when COVID started? Everybody went home. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Uh, there, there was only one funny, good, positive thing about doing a virtual or TV show during the pandemic. And that was when I picked up the phone to call somebody, I got everybody on the second row. <laughs> yeah, everybody was waiting for a call. He was just like, hey, dude, I'm in Europe. Uh, I get back and I can do a month in the States. Can I call you two weeks or two months from Tuesday? Right. You're right. like, uh, you know, like, Hey, can you record something this afternoon? Sure. Not doing nothing else. Yeah, that was exactly. the only good thing. Right. Everything else was crap. <laughs> 100%. So that's how we got through the first one. Um, the second one, which we just did, I was in Nova Scotia. Yeah. I wanted, sorry, before, before oh. you go there, I, I just wanted to say one thing. I mean, um, Obviously, in between those those two periods of, of what you're going to speak about next, because I wanted to ask you about that as well. There was a yeah. ton of stuff that happened in between there that I do want to ask you about later, uh, like a little bit of the stuff that happened locally. But, you know, the second one, I, I, the second ECMAs, I mean, you'd probably had assumed that at that point we were kind of sailing a little bit, a little bit faster. I mean, everything was pretty on par. You were, you were traveling. You were going to Nova Scotia and then boom. Right, smack in the face again. Here you are again, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you and you and I did a show in, in, in the middle of all that. We did a, a great Tim Zeev show down at the Rock House, mm-hmm. you know, under COVID protocols, 100 people, seating tables apart and, and all that stuff. But, you know, we still, we had we had a great night mm-hmm. and we had and we had a lot of fun. And so so we did a lot of small things in between. Did the Shani Ganok driving shows. Yeah, I wanted that to ask you about that. What an interesting thing. I mean, you kind of see that yeah. happening during COVID that, you know, as things kind of warmed up a bit and everyone kind of got a little grasp on what COVID was, because, I mean, initially, Tony, you, you know, just from speaking with people, the first couple months of, of this this thing, everybody was shook. Everybody didn't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was a very scary time. I mean, but I think as people kind of gradually started to deal with it and understand what it was. All right. Well, now there's precautions and now there's things that we can start to do to get back into a normal sense and i, I you know i gotta hand it to the guys from shani ganook and and everybody involved because what what a you know a, a, a thing to to really kind of brighten the spirits i mean for for newfoundlanders who love music especially yeah. and to come up with an innovative way to do something like that i mean very very neat yeah if you could just talk about that that's sh- uh, there was a there was three or four shows in there too right i, I believe we did we did three three right yeah there was talks of other things but we physically did three in a row uh uh, Chris Andrews, who I've been friends with for, for many years, and um, I can't count how many Shani Ganok productions, but uh, always fun. And Chris is a real innovator and uh, not someone, Chris, never never afraid to try things, you know. Uh, some of the greatest successes you have in life are just sort of putting your chin out. And uh, you might take a smack or two, but it's kind of the only way you innovate or create and move forward. And Chris has never been afraid to do stuff like that. So he called me. He calls Seamus O'Keefe, who has a lot of experience with uh, outdoor events, um, and I've worked with a lot of times. Uh, key was Canadian AV, getting them on board, and so on. And we got together on multiple, multiple meetings and started talking about how you could do it, where you could do it, who could perform. Um, nobody, 
everybody knew we weren't going to make a lot of money. That that really wasn't the point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's just impossible. But at the same time, we had huge bills to pay because it was it it was a massive production. It wasn't, you know, two dudes on a park bench, you know, on a speaker. And uh, but uh, through the jigs and the reels, we found a great site, the old Target Sellers site down uh, down on Stavanger. you know, Seamus did the deal, had to lease it from two lawyers in Toronto, all, all this stuff, whatever. And then, of course, really what you had to consider at that time was no events had happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It was it was the very first one. Uh, not not That's not true. Uh, my friends who did something called Smoke Show, uh, Kellyanne. Yes. And, yeah, and right. I'm sorry. They were actually the first ones. They did a bunch of ones, whatever. Uh, this one was a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. but they, they did a ton more. Anyway, find the site, get all your production hire everybody, you know, Rum Ragged, the Enna sisters, all the great line of navigators and so on. And then, you know, then you sit around and you go spend a lot of time drinking tea and going, anybody, do you think anybody's going to want to go? And uh, everybody wanted to go. All, all mm-hmm. nights were sold out. Uh, the first one would have been a little bit under. And uh, it, it was a great experience. And it's something that um, there were so many pitfalls. Like, like how, how do you hear it? So, like, for example, you're a musician, you know about sound. You had to have two audio person, two people, one audio for the crowd and one for in your car. So you dial your FM signal up to a channel or whatever. That's so cool, though. I love that. I mean, what a, and, and it was, a creative it was, it was, way to get it out. Like, you know, anyway, I'm, I'm jumping into cars backstage to see what it sounds like. And it was <laughs> it was beautiful. You needed the outside because you needed the ambience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and of course, you know, Department of Health were amazing, you know, like uh, public health and NLC, RNC and, and everybody else. Everybody, if everybody didn't want to work together, we didn't have a chance. Um, like a, a lot of the guys, like, like Seamus did a lot of work on that side. I stayed more on the music side. But uh, but it worked out well. And people came in, you know, it was, uh, Boys and Girls Club had a, had a thing going. It was a really cool Mary Browns. I was going to uh, say, yeah, the Mary Browns, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mary Browns right to your car thing. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 I'm a big Skip fan myself. So, uh, yeah. so, so that was really cool. And uh, it was safe. Yeah. And it was fun. Uh, and it's probably not something we'll ever do during normal times. No. And I mean, another side of it too, Tony, I mean, it was probably something to get a lot of people like yourself who work in that industry on top of the musicians as well, to get back on stage, but to get their toes wet again. I mean, they just, you know what I mean? It just spent sorry, a significant amount of time off. And like you mentioned, you know, it might not have been the biggest payday, but it's, it's, you know, you brought morale back to the to the community. I mean, you got to put off some live music events. You got to get together with the people, your colleagues, your friends who you work with, right. and you got to get your toes wet again to get that feel for it. And you know, and it kind of felt like something was starting to get a little bit back to normal, right? Yeah, there was a lot of hope involved. Now, I mean, I, I should have down, but I mean, everybody got paid, you know, well for it. But oh, absolutely, yes. The intention, the intention was never monetary yep. uh, from, from from big picture, and of course, everybody. And everybody, like you just said, wanted to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Had to get paid because, you know, as an artist or a contract producer or whatever, it's the only real way to pay the bills. And, well, you'd be nuts uh, not well, to get paid somewhere. <laughs> not to get paid, yeah. And, you know, God love, you know, the feds and, and government and programs or whatever. And it certainly is helpful. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't really cut it on a, uh, for a very long time. So anyway, uh, yeah, it, it was it was motivational, Dave, I suppose, really. Uh, not a word I use very often. But uh, it was it was that. But it was also great fun. It was also extremely weird. So uh, you know you know what backstage looks like, and people who go to concerts think backstage is amazing. Backstage is incredibly boring. But uh, <laughs> and and you should never want to go to a sound check. 
But in this case, there was like I was literally the only person backstage most of the time because COVID stuff. Acts waited in the car mm -hmm. to play, and like you know, normally be people come up and just saying, uh, "Hey, are the guys from Shannon not back there? Can I come back? And come back and say hello?" Uh, no. <laughs> Drove in the blue Taurus down the back yeah, corner. I mean, I, I think three were in one truck and two were in another. Yeah. Um, there was no adult refreshment spectrum. There was nothing. Right, right. I mean, when was the last time you saw an outdoor festival? Three days, not a can of Coors Light. There was a couple of bottles of water, some Pepsi, and a few small pizzas. Oh. That was that was it. And uh, every night in the show, I was home 11 o'clock every night yeah, after yeah. the show, watch the playoffs. Uh, and right. uh, anyway, glad I got to do it. So glad that Chris invited me. Uh, to be a part of it. Um, I'll never forget it. It was really once in a lifetime. One of the highlights I, I remember seeing of that was the, uh, you know, you know, uh, Chris Andrews is, is obviously famous, you know, for the, any Newfoundlanders here tonight? And uh, you hear the horns going. I mean, like, what a, what an interesting uh, thing, you know, like it's so different, right? Uh, it, it was, it was really strange. And, uh, <laughs> and it was almost like, you know, we had hosts seat night and I'd, I'd write some scripts for the hosts and, just a little bit of drive-in concert etiquette. Yeah, yeah. So if you really like the accordion solo by Mark Hiscock or the soaring vocals of Chris Andrews or whatever Mark Manning just sang or, or Maureen Ennis, don't show, whereas an audience you would clap, don't show your appreciation by blowing the horn <laughs> during their song. What a guitar solo. I mean, and so <laughs> people got it pretty good. Uh, then they started with the lights. Forgot about lights. Right. Everyone started, they'd start shining their lights. So it's sort of like, whoa, this, this is rough. But, uh, you know, after, after like, you know, normal concert on night one, uh, headliner finishes, leaves the stage. If the audience wants an encore, they clap a chair, back to go. Well, that just created confusion the first night because some cars started to move, some were blowing the horn, some were doing the lights. So right. we said, okay, we know they want an encore. Let's just walk off and go back on really fast. Normally, you just let them go for a second. Sure. Someone swigs their, their bottle of water or their beer, smokes half a cigarette, and goes back out again. But in this case, we're sort of like, no, some cars started to move. And it was kind of it was kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> great experience. Uh, yeah, magic. no. And I mean, hats off to everybody who was involved in that, because what a production, I mean. And what a what a <laughs> thing to kind of to bring back to the community. I mean, that's what it was, too. I mean, it was just yeah. it brought a bit of hope back to the community. And and, and it kind of got things uh, got things rolling again. But I do yes. want to ask you about recent ecmas because i know you had flown up that was supposed to be in person i mean that was going to be yeah. the in-person event again uh where yeah. everything was going to be looking like it was pretty back on par uh live performance right. in stage uh, or on stage with audience and then boom variant i think yeah i mean like i do um with ecmas i think seven or eight or whatever none of these um i'd produce the and direct and write the award show uh and they'd have a secondary show on sunday because there's just too many awards for, for one. Uh, a lot of other great people on the team do things like showcasing and educational components and uh, amazing one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings. And you know all about it because you've been to all of them. Mm -hmm. um, but from my perspective, it was going to be live, uh, the, the big Thursday show. Sunday was always going to be virtual. And the educational component, some of that was going to be online because people couldn't travel. Sure, yeah. So, excuse me. so I, guess, I guess maybe it was a bit of a hybrid, I guess. But the live section, I go up on April 18th. I'm booked for three weeks, and two and a half months later, I came back. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I was very comfortable. I, I actually lived in an apartment right off from uh, our technical director and, our, and our, uh, uh, our, our, our manager for the whole event. Uh, but uh, what ended up happening shortly was 
Uh, Nova Scotia locks down. That ends the live show. Again, we pivot. There's that word again. We pivot, which means take your 72-page script and cue, throw it in the garbage, and start again. Because what works live doesn't work on screen necessarily. None of your verbiage works. None of your guest hosts work. Nothing works. You throw it away, and you start trying to put it back together. But also, not like here in Nova Scotia, they separate by districts. And, and here I noticed they said, well, from the Avalon, you really shouldn't go to Central unless there's a doctor's report, whatever. In Nova Scotia, they said, if we catch you going from one district to the next, you get a fine. And one thing I noticed in the news there, they fined everybody up there. Right. $2,240, some really weird number. Uh, now, I don't know if anybody ever paid them. There was tons <laughs> of them. So we actually, once cases started to come back down a little bit, I had to travel. I had to, again, go get content from some sound stages, a couple of sound stages. I had hosts at one in Antigonish, one in Sydney. We had to go to Sydney, do a bunch of outdoor do stuff, but we weren't allowed to move. Anyway, we got approval, small crew, and off we went. And uh, there we were down in, uh, down in Sydney, Nova Scotia, watching the Habs and the Leafs <laughs> in a 180-room hotel, and we were the only five rooms in the hotel. Wow. Uh, restaurants were closed. Uh Supermarkets were closed. It was, my credit card is just done. Skip Winnipeg, skip Winnipeg, skip Winnipeg. Skip <laughs> yeah, Winnipeg, that's right. Winnipeg, over and over again. And of course, and that's where we watched the Leafs and Habs, you know, which nice segue. I had to call it radio. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to dig into some Leafs and Habs. But yeah, uh, absolutely. But anyway, so finally we come back. Uh, we moved around a bunch of different places. And again, got all the material, sat down with our editors, myself and Danny and the team. And, uh, and put together a show. And uh, we were, I think we all felt happier with this one than the than the one last year. The one last year, the big feat was just getting a show. Sure, yeah. Just, just having anything. Um, uh, CBC picked up that first one. Uh, one, thing, one thing about network television that first year in 2020, they were starving for content because mm-hmm. there's nothing happening. There's nobody's making a show. In 2021, productions are back. Things are on. Um, but... Uh, we all, I think, felt a lot more. Our, our 2021 ECMA show, just like the Music NL 2021, it had acts performing together in, 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 in great numbers or small numbers, wherever, in a safe environment. So it was a little more uh, complete. Didn't have to use a bunch of video walls and splicing in people from all over the place and doing what. And that, that, that effect, I hate that. I call it the Brady Bunch look, where you got yeah, nine yeah. squares. Yeah, right. And uh, when we started doing virtual, and I was really grumbly on a call with a bunch of people one time. I said, I'll do anything, but I'm not doing one of those stupid Brady Bunch shows. <laughs> and, and only people over probably 35 knew what I was talking about. But you know what I mean? All the little squeers. Yeah, absolutely. Thing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. All, all due respect to my friends who did those. Sorry, I just didn't like them. Right, um, right. But, uh, but we got through it. And we got back, and of course, you know, it's just been an up and down roller coaster ever since. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to ask you about, I mean, locally, Tony, like about the reopening of, of bar shows here, uh, you know, yeah. especially in St. John's. And, you know, <clears throat> with regards to obviously, you know, you do live music production out of the Rock House and the Ship. Yeah. I mean, two completely different venues. One's a rock venue, one is sometimes a rock venue, and sometimes not. I mean, there's tons of different things that, that happen at the Ship. Likewise to the Rock House as well, but obviously the Rock House is a bit bigger of a venue. It's yep. normally meant for, I mean, big rock shows where people are standing up, they're, they're in the crowd. Um, yep. What's that transition been like for you? I mean, as trying to put off shows, it's got to be challenging, hey? It was, it was, 
Uh, I mean, never really got going at the uh, at either place till probably towards mid to late summer of last year. Um, the ship's capacity was, you know, from its normal 120 or so plus was down to about 45. And, and the, the phrase that made it hard for everybody, and don't get me wrong, we understood it. But the phrase to, that was hard to interpret was uh, physical distancing. Um, if you had a restaurant, you took out your tape measure and you separated your six tables, you had your mask protocol, your contact tracing, whatever. What do you do, as you just say, at the Rock House, which used to have a 350 plus capacity, which primarily everyone's standing up, standing next to each other. How, how do you physically distance that? Like, how do you, how do you keep mo moving people apart? Yeah, well, it's so, impossible. I mean... It was, I mean, and you know, and, and all the all the stakeholders were, were were helpful, but there's only so much they can do. So that's when we we kind of uh, the owners and myself and everyone involved said, you know, the only way we could carry on at the Rock House is break out the tables and chairs. So uh, Colin, one of the owners, got lobbied. Always walk around with a six piece of six foot rope in his pocket. The funniest thing ever. <laughs> Anytime he said six feet, he came out with a piece of rope. <laughs> I don't know. God love. Him. Like Bayman physics or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> God love. Anyway, he would pull it out all the time, and of course, then we, we, we you know, had the inspectors in and see what they thought or whatever. Anyway, we came up with a magic number of a hundred that we felt comfortable with, and like I said, you, you know, you you did one, and uh, as did a lot of you know great bands like you know, Novax and Mark Bragg and, and, and Ouroboros and, and many many others did one or whatever, and uh, but it was nerve wracking because I was always sort of like if people were going to come in, were they going to feel safe? You know, we had all the hand sanitizer and your contact tracing, everyone wearing masks. And I was wearing gloves for a while. I stopped after a while and everybody bringing their own microphones and wiping down music stands and cables and just do, doing the best or whatever. And, uh, but people were really kind. This is, this was the weird part. I don't think I'd, I'd sit there going like back. I was probably doing lights for those shows. I'd sit back. Well, okay. I'm sure someone is going to come and complain about something. Cause if you know anything about concerts, if someone's doing sound or someone else is doing lights, they should just hang a plate sign over the top. So if your beer is warm, if there's no toilet paper in the bathroom, if the guy yelled at you up the stage, come back to the sound of light people. They, they'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, yeah. As if it's your fault. Exactly. Sometimes drunk people come and order drinks from us, which is really <laughs> funny. And you say things like, yeah, we need a credit card, please. Uh, but uh we did them. People liked them. Again, you know, the whole part of music production during COVID, I referenced it earlier, was nobody was trying to make a boatload of money. Mm -hmm. Everybody was trying to feel normal and get back. Like, as you said, knock the rust off a little bit, uh, play with the friends, see some fans. Uh, audiences were smaller. Tickets cost a bit more, but nobody minded. Uh, people had a good time. Yeah, well, I think I think fans is like, and as well as you know the artists and and the venues and the people who work at the venues and all the sorts of different things fans were also eager to knock the rust off dip their toes in get their yeah. you know what i mean because they also hadn't seen live music i mean and and there's a lot of live music fans in this city i mean people go out every really? single night to watch live music right oh there is and, and we know a lot of them by by, by their face or their name yeah and uh, I, I quickly learned there was after a half a dozen shows that there was really two kinds of people there were those who were just starved for it and couldn't wait to get out. And there were those that because of their own personal health or family situations or whatever, that while they may have wanted to go, they just didn't feel comfortable. Mm 
mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. out. And I think and, that's everybody's uh, everybody's right and everybody's decision every, that they make themselves. And we're still a little bit like that. Yeah, yep. you got to understand. I mean, I had friends who, uh, you know, mom or nan or dad or pop or a brother or somebody had asthma or whatever. They couldn't take the chance. Mm-hmm. you know uh, of going anywhere no matter how safe it was uh at the ship like i said it was reduced down to a capacity of about 45 or 50 and all the you know the the, the costs of doing the show like the cost of audio production or whatever um the owners there were very wise they let me just book a lot of nice solo writers who did some of those as well yeah and uh and it was safe and comfortable and uh, again the, everybody was so appreciative that nobody was complaining about anything well, here's here's one thing I can take out of, I mean, you know, for folks listening at home, obviously, you know, and, and the majority of people know, like, I've, I've been doing a, a Tibbs Eve show December 23rd every year at oh, yeah. Rock House for as many years as you can remember. You know, on top yeah. of, we also do a few other gigs at, at, at the Rock House and at the ship, yep. whether solo or with Witty Band or whatever variation of what's going on. But there was one thing I took out of this Tibbs Eve show, which I found very interesting that normally when I put off that show, I mean, it's it's. If not a sellout, it's very close to a sellout every every. Oh, always sellout. And I mean, it is a party, right? But what what happens is you get, you know, you get your regularly 150 or 200 folks who are you know who are home living home, and but then you get the other 150 people who are home for the holidays. So everybody's seeing each other, and every it's a huge show. It's a big rock show. Yeah. Your first. If the 20 people in front of you are partying and, and really into the music and then everybody else is just kind of happy to see each other because they haven't seen each other over the holidays. This year was very different because we're tables. I actually got to tell a few stories during Tibbsy, but was it didn't just feel like I was just up banging out tune after tune after tune and putting off a big rock show, which I thought was pretty interesting and was a great little transition. Don't get me wrong. I love I'm a big fan of the rock show. I love the rock show. Obviously, you know that, Tony. But I mean, it was just such a different vibe to be able to you know, especially around Christmas time or when, you know, you're, you're so used to just a big, big shaker that it was so nice to be able to kind of just chat with people a little bit from the stage and, and, and be able to kind of pre- present those songs that way. Yeah. You, you, uh, um, yourself particularly and a, and a few others on, on that, at that Christmas time, it's almost like you throw a party for everybody. Yeah, exactly. The party features the Dave <laughs> Woody band. Yeah. So fans, friends, and friends of fans and friends come to it. Everybody likes the tunes. Everyone likes having a drink at Christmas time. But it also, as you say, became a catch-up. This year, uh, you said that to me. Uh, Mick from the Novak said it afterwards. It was nice to play the tables and chairs. Everybody watched and listened. Yeah, it's, it was kind of weird. <laughs> if, you, if, if you talk, if you know, if you if you said something funny, people heard it and laughed. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, or if you wanted to tell the story behind a song, people actually heard it. Or I also could slow it down a couple tunes. Like it was like you could, you could dial yeah. back a couple of these songs and actually, you know, do acoustic arrangements of them or something like that because you didn't yep. feel like you were just dulling out the party. You know, because a lot of times I find with that show, especially because it's such a big party, that if you slow it down for too many, I mean, people are just kind of like, all right, dude, where's the let's go, let's go, come on, pick it back up yeah, again. You know? when you, when, yeah, when you slow it down in the like the old big, big rock show party time, if you slow it down. It actually gets awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the audience, and it's sort of like is something broken. Uh, you know, Dave must have dropped his microphone or something. But uh, but it's not because it's very hard to be uh, be intimate with an audience uh, once they've uh, it's you hit one o'clock in the morning and they've already been party for two hours. So. Mm-hmm. Tony, do you yeah, think? So- uh, 
Sorry, do you, do you think crowds are coming back post-COVID right now? How do you feel about that? It feels to me like right now, uh, I'll preface it by saying it feels like everything I do, and you know, still been doing a lot, everything that used to be, I wouldn't call it easy, but routine, every single little thing is harder. Um, I find people are now, even more so, a little bit more on edge. Um there's a lot of information that you've got to absorb. Is there another variant? I mean, there is a variant. Is it you know, is it coming here bad? Uh, I'm double vax plus two weeks. Am I okay? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, you know, we're going to about to go into George Street Festival now in a couple of days, mm-hmm. and I expect to see you know pretty big, pretty big crowds. Absolutely. Uh, and then you know, which it, it's a good sign to see at like that festival come back. It's great to see Iceberg Alley come back, mm-hmm. uh, which is an amazing festival. And uh, I think once we sit back and experience George Street and Iceberg, and then hopefully the zero problems or ramifications from that, along with our vaccine numbers being very high, I hope that might give everyone the confidence to just say, you know, it's not too bad out there. Um, yep, yep, you're right. You know, you know as, our, as our premier says, this is not a static situation. People call me, geez, sometimes four or five times a day. What's the capacity at so-and-so? And I'll say, today, it's this. <laughs> well, it be November 22nd. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could go We could go back down again yep. in the huddle. We could stay where we are. It could be wide open. I mean, that's the problem with this is that it's so... Yeah. You, you, nobody knows. I mean, who knows? I mean, no. We, that's how what that's what's been happening. I mean, originally when this first started, I mean, we're every kind of out ah, of be a month or so. I mean, we're still dealing with it, and I think we'll still be we're, we're going to be dealing with this for a while. There's, let's be honest here. I mean, yeah, you know, and maybe not so much here locally as as, as you know as parts of the other or other parts of the world. I think, but I mean, right. I mean. We're, we're going to be dealing with that, you know, especially regards to traveling. I mean, we both travel a lot for work and, and all those sorts of things. Yep. They play a huge factor in, in, in our jobs. Right. Yeah. I got, I got to say flying during COVID is not fun. No, uh, I, I haven't, uh, I, haven't, I haven't been fortunate enough to do that yet. Oh yeah. You just sit there with your mask and your gloves and your head down and you don't want anything. You try not to go to the bathroom. You just sort of close your eyes and say, am I there yet? You know, right, it's, just, right. it's very, very, uncomfortable. do you remember when flying used to be fun? It's not, yeah. but, uh, but, but back back to your point, I mean, like I said, not knowing exactly where we're going at the moment. So just all, all these are good baby steps and indicators yeah. of, of of whatever. And uh, and you know, this is this has been my livelihood pretty much forever. Um, so I you know, I'm so glad to be back doing it for full, full on or whatever. But if anybody else was like a little bit nervous or whatever, I don't blame them. It's it's such a personal choice. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I still wear my mask to the supermarket. Yep. But I don't wear my mask at the show. Does that make any yeah. sense? I, don't know. <laughs> I, know, I, just, I do the same know, thing. It's weird. I went to the doctors this morning about nothing, nothing bad, whatever. But I wore my mask to the waiting room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think anyway, if not anything, that's just respectful of other people as well, too. You know what I mean? It, that's it, that's it, a part it, of it, right? It, it is. You know, like rock and roll or music has a lot of hugging and touching in it, as you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're a community of misfits who all, you know, for the most part, really like each other. And after a show, everyone loves a good sweaty hug. Haven't been many of those, you know. No, that's uh, right. Last little while, and uh, don't stick your elbow up because that's almost worse. Uh, <laughs> not a big T- fan of that one. Tone, I got a couple opinion-based questions for you. One I dug up. I mean, essentially off your Facebook. I know you've been slightly vocal about 
the downtown pedestrian mall. Um, do you have any opinions you'd like to give on, on the show about the downtown pedestrian mall and, and yep. uh, the successes of it and maybe the unsuccesses of it perhaps? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a tough time for anybody who wants to shop restaurant bar or any kind of a venue. Now I thought, I thought last year's water street uh, for first time event with um, you know, uh, the city moved really fast, got it open, and I, and I would like to think it really helped a lot of people. I had fun going to the uh, to the Water Street Pedestrian Mall last year a bunch of times. Uh, great event. It was, last last year was also really different. If you remember, last year there was very little or very few places to go to do anything. Mm-hmm. So last year, you know, it was mom, dad, the kids, the dog, everybody's just walking up and down the road, few people going in. So I guess some business owners on Duckworth Street found it a little unfair, did some politicking to get it open on, on, on Duckworth. Um, I thought the the section that, that I gripe about all the time is between Prescott Street and Cathedral Street. Funny mm-hmm. enough to ship for it in the middle of it. Uh, what, a, what a coincidence. Um, it's not a very busy zone. It only has a couple of, say, uh, restaurant, pub places. And you could tell from the outset, closed that section off. All it did was create a traffic problem. Business went way down mm-hmm. for things like you know lunch and supper and things like that. Musicians had to carry their gear forever to get it there. The cup there was only a couple of decks there, and they were just sort of smaller handmade things. There was nobody ever, ever on them, and so I was disappointed today to see that the council is going to stick it out for another couple of weeks. I did so notice that as well. Yeah. Stick and keep it going, but uh, that's my biggest problem. On the other end of Duckworth. Uh, you know, places like Loose Tie and, and Piatto made serious financial investments in putting building these beautiful decks or whatever. Uh, you're really trying hard. I didn't really find that 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 to be much. Plus, it's close to George and whatever. Um, but I guess it goes back to when, when we were kids. You know, everybody wants to go where the party is. And parties on Water Street. Yeah, and you're okay. you're right. And I, and I mean, you probably see it more than I do, just because it's it's in the area of the ship. And I mean, I've, I'm down that yeah. way. But I mean, I fully avoid it if I'm driving down that way, because it's such a traffic oh. snarl. Like, I mean, I can't imagine if you lived on Gower Street this summer, how much the traffic has increased just because yeah. people have to skip through Gower Street. But I mean, every time I've drove past that section, like you mentioned, between Prescott and, yeah. and Cathedral, I haven't seen yep. a soul on it. Like not a soul. Oh, I used to take nightly videos. Um, you know, and it was Friday night. It, yeah. I remember seeing you had one post from a Friday or Saturday evening, eight o'clock or something. You know, I, I sort of, you know, not every idea I've ever had has been a good one. And, uh, and if you try a lot of things, you will have some bad ideas. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. And I applaud the experiment and the try, but one thing I really believe in, and not just a pedestrian mall is that if you put a lot of time and plan and effort money into an idea, and you realize once you once you put it into execution that it's not working, don't be afraid to pivot, stop, change it, or, or, or just stop doing it. Right. Pull to maintain shoot. and keep doing something that's an obvious failure that nobody's enjoying and keep it going just because you said you were going to. I can't see the reason why council would vote that uh, like vote yeah. that way. Why what do you think the reasoning is? Because it's that they had their mindset on that. Is that what it was? I'll, I'll, I'll never, I'll never know because there's some, there's some good people down there that I really like that I, and I think most of them have their hearts in the right place. You know, even though not everybody comes at everything the same way. Uh, I know the vote was five four in favor of leaving it where it was, and um, I, I know the guys who voted to keep it there. I, I can't for life, life for me. I can, I can hear a couple of them saying there's only another couple of weeks. Who cares? Uh, well, you can lose a lot, of, you can lose a lot of money in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But 
I, I don't know. And, and, and sometimes there's reasons that maybe they don't want to say or are uncomfortable. So I'm always giving people the benefit of the doubt. But like I said in my Facebook post, what am I missing? Yeah. Is there something I just don't understand that's vital or crucial? It can't be because of financial investment, because in that section, nobody really made one. It can't be because it'll be a traffic problem to open it up because the city's own planning people wanted to reopen that section. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it's it such a snarl be- for driving, man. It is insane. Oh, it is. Traffic. Well, even like uh, staff who work in that section, it's a safety issue. Yeah. Staff who work from two, three o'clock in the morning. And we all know cabs are a little hard to get these days. Well, <laughs> they'd have to walk outside their section of, of the mall, stand somewhere on a cold, dark area. And wait to hold for a cab for an hour. There's yeah. nothing safe about that. No, I agree. I, I I agree totally. And I mean, it's a it's it's a weird yeah. motion that they kind of kept it like that. But I mean, yeah, especially when, especially when they saw it wasn't working. But uh, I I hope if nothing else, it doesn't repeat itself next year. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be affecting business down there. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple restaurants down there. There's a couple pubs. There's some clothing boutiques and stuff like the funny, that. But the funny thing about pick, picking that area is that it, it it never had a chance to be successful. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of well-meaning people. You can throw a couple of artists down there and put some 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 theater people doing a little show, or bring some clowns, or. Or, or, or do some science fiction stuff, whatever the case may be. And that's fun. I like all that. But 50 feet that way is everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Who wants to go to the second best party? Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants to go to the best party. You know, and uh, again, good effort. I applaud. It just it didn't work. Move on. Try something else. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for my second opinion-based question, um what did you think of the uh, the Montreal Canadiens run this year in the uh, 2021 <laughs> uh, Stanley Cup playoffs? I, well, I, I, sorry, any, first, any, I want to say one thing. I want to say we've chatted, obviously, many times about hockey, and, okay, and, yeah. and we obviously, I'm obviously a Leafs guy. You're a Habs guy. But one thing yeah. about you, Tony, and you're similar to myself, is that I know that you're not a Leafs hater, and I'm not a Habs nope. hater. I'm, I'm, there's a lot of people in this city who... I know I, I have a lot of Leafs friends who would rather the Habs lose than the Leafs win. And I know a lot of Habs fans who are the s- same way. They would rather yep. the Leafs lose than to watch their own team win, which I find mind blowing, but you're not like that. So what, what, nope. your, what are your, what are your opinions on, on what happened this past season? I mean, it was a credible run, incredible run. And of course it was like, like I said, it was all during that time I was uh, away for an extended period and it became a great distraction. Yeah. Because you know, the game is on, you know, something, well, the show's going to have to wait for a couple hours. So I'm watching <laughs> I'm watching the game on my laptop, wherever I, wherever I can find it. Um, Montreal, my Montreal Canadiens, we go down three to one to Toronto. <laughs> and I'm kind of, yeah, sorry, I'm twisting the knife or whatever. Um, but I didn't think they played that bad. No, 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 no. And and I think if, if we're going to go pay, you know, on paper, no question, Toronto is the superior team and whatever. But we all know that. Hockey's not played on paper; it's played on ice. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I played a lot of hockey myself, and it seemed to me like what Montreal did was, without having all the stars, star goalie, of course, and and a few other really good ones, was that they all bought into a plan or a design or a way to approach it. Um, and you know, life is like that. You know, if if you get a whole team pulling the same way excuse me, you know, like a regatta crew or or an office team or whatever. And because if you noticed every night, they didn't play oftentimes the most fun hockey. They played kind of frustrating, 
clog up middle kind of thing, look for their opportunities, get a great game out of Carey Price, and they'd have a chance. Uh, you know, I was in a hotel with four Toronto fans <laughs> and me, and I tried really perfect. And I tried really hard, and you know, we're having an adult, uh, an adult uh, pop, as uh, some guys said. Uh, several after we just finished our skip the dishes again, and uh, Montreal goes ahead, and they're maintaining a lead, and and a standalone. I can't believe like this. This that was my Stanley Cup, not because they beat Toronto, because they beat anybody. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't expecting it. So after that, I just keep saying, well. Well, they won one. That's pretty good. And then it kept going. And then it kept going. And uh, you had to know going against Tampa Bay was. Oh, it's going to be tough. David and Goliath. Uh, I, I, I don't get sooky about the salary cap thing because, hey, Montreal could play that salary ga- ga- cap game too. You know, hopefully, hopefully they, they get that closed up. Uh, I thought the first game, Montreal, Tampa Bay, Montreal deviated from their system. Mm-hmm. I think they started to believe, hey, we're really good hockey players all of a right, sudden. Right, right. Because they beat. Because they kind of like ran over Vegas the last couple of games, and they deviated. Carey didn't have his best game, and those things they got beaten pretty bad. And that's when they woke up and said, "Oh, right, we're not, you know, we're not the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Toronto Maple Leafs or whatever." And then it became a little bit better afterwards. But uh, the whole Toronto Montreal thing, oh boy, I got I got some friends who get really upset online. Yeah, that's why I got man. a couple of couple of friends who just can't still can't talk about. It. I know a good buddy, a great musician. I will not embarrass him. Whatever he'll say, Tony. I just don't want to talk about. It. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was. I, I felt that way for the first couple of weeks. I mean, I was. It gutted me. It's amazing what sports can do to somebody. I mean, I, I'm. I'm a lifelong fan. I've been a fan of the Leafs since I yeah. can I possibly remember. I mean, and it's, you know, it's been the biggest and longest relationship of my life. You know, she's <laughs> <laughs> like, me, me too. Uh, I never, never never thought of it that way. But you know, also at a time of this last 18 months, two years where nothing has really been going that well. Exactly. For exactly. You know, every, you know, every day feels like a kick in the pill sometimes. And uh, then your, your, your team, in my case, does something that they were never supposed to do. So it was fun and encouraging the exact opposite for you and other friends. Um, you got to feel pretty you know, excited about some of those young guys though, Tony. I mean, Caulfield, Suzuki, do, man. Uh, you know, it's it, look, they weren't supposed to be there last year. But I think that's what makes those young guys excel in a playoff type experience because they oh, have no experience in that. And they don't even realize what they have at stake. I think personally, you know, I think they're just out playing yeah, hockey again. That's a really, that's a re- that's a really good point. I mean, I, I think both of our teams lost what I really good key defensive players. I was disappointed for the Leafs to not be able to make a deal for Zach Hyman. Yeah, who was probably my favorite Toronto Maple Leaf. Same. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. I love. Don't get me wrong. I like the super talented guys. They're so much fun to watch, you know. But uh, Zach Hyman. At the same time, uh, we lost to Philip Deneau, mm-hmm. who uh, probably couldn't get arrested in most cities as being a hockey player. But he's the guy they send out to shut down, you know, your Mariners and your Matthews. Exactly. Kind of thing. And uh, big loss there. You know, we lost our big lumberjack Shea, Shea Weber. He's mm-hmm. he may never come back. I don't think so. I, if, if I. I... Yeah. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, he's he's not a young man anymore. He seems like oh. he's he's dealing with some serious injuries. And if, yeah. if by the time he does come back, I think he'll be 39, I believe. If right. if he doesn't play at all next year, I mean, it's it's tough for anybody to play at 39, especially with the way the league is going. I mean, it's not the same league as it was 20 years ago. It's not the rough and tumble league that 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 I grew yeah. up watching. I mean, it's it's uh it's it's a fast, it's a young, fast, smaller game, right? Oh, yeah. You know. 
Maybe Shay will come down if, if Dean and, and Glenn don't mind and escape with the Growlers or something for a couple of years. That's uh, if we got. That's if we got the Growlers. <laughs> well, we'll 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 hold. Geez, I don't want to lose that either. But but back to the emotion of, of you know of who won or who lost or whatever. It really was a nice distraction, and that was one thing during the last year. That's why like doing these shows, doing the Music and L show, and a couple of ECMAs and Shani Ganock and, and as many other shows I could do, um, besides just making a living, was a distraction. Of what was going on around because uh, uh, there was a lot of sitting around. We all have way too much time to think and uh, and watch stuff. And uh, you know, I, I couldn't get you. I couldn't get wait uh, for supper time. Yeah, uh, you know, like you know, I'd start chopping onions around three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> for supper that I was going to eat at eight o'clock that night. Uh, something to do. Uh, it was such a and, distraction. I mean, I was I was doing some of the live shows. Like I was doing a lot of like the Facebook live shows. Oh yeah, I'd be, you were. Yeah. I'd be sitting here like exactly here as I am in my little studio office space, and I would have my other TV. I'd be playing live online, and I'd have the game going in the background. I'd be like, "Oh geez, uh-huh. yeah," you know. Like, <laughs> oh, that's why you screwed up the lyrics a couple times. Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just so used to it at places like when, Kelly's. When, you when know? Matthews or Marner went on a breakaway, all of a sudden the tempo speeded up on the song. Yeah, and if exactly. they didn't score, it got really balladied slower weird again. <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah there was you know uh, you know god love all our musicians what do you, friends. What do you think the habs are going to be like the year tony you think what are you, th- you going to be competitive i like i like they picked up this david savard guy from tampa bay yeah isn't uh, that wild i mean that must be okay. such a weird transition to go on. Well, i mean he, know, he's, political- he's a quebec native as well so he's from he's from quebec and of course that will make because uh, the politicians get you know even though montreal is my team the politicians get really weird we have to have more players from quebec i mean who, who from Minnesota says we need more players from Minnesota? I mean, it's you know. Well, you also need, you also need to have a French speaking coach, which makes that that position so so difficult. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and of course, and I think a lot of people, you know, my God, I've got lots of francophone friends, and uh, and you know, my French is pretty bad, but uh, I a lot of people don't like the Montreal Canadiens because of the French mm-hmm, culture mm-hmm. part of it, which I can't even touch because it's just so so ludicrous to me or whatever. Their chances this year. Um, you know, you, you can't play Carey Price every night. So yeah. there were that that whole thing about almost losing to Seattle. I found that stressful. I'd say. <laughs> Whoa, that wasn't. Good. I think I they care. they played that so sly though, man. I like there's some like the way they I, played that is incredible. I mean, you got to hand it to them. It I don't so, know, but I'm not a very good poker player, and I guess that's that's why. Right. That was a real real poker hand. I, I would have. I, yeah, I, I would have went all in and lost that. One. But. Uh, uh, I, I think you know. I think I think they've got a chance. You know, it's it's first full years for for young guys like Caulfield, uh, Caulfield, sorry, and uh, I mean he's amazing for you know five foot on Suzuki and crazy all, yeah. all these fellows or whatever. Um, but that division, I I don't know if I like having all the Canadian teams in the same division anymore. Yeah, I know I'm I'm over that as well. I mean, I thought it was pretty exciting at the first part, like you know the first like month or two. I'm like, this is yeah. really exciting because I'm I'm getting to see obviously as a Leafs fan, I'm getting to see Matthews face McDavid every four days. I mean, we're getting Leafs and Habs games, which are very consistent. I mean, uh, you know, similar to Winnipeg, another great team. I mean. Uh, all these, you know, lots of great matchups. But then I'm like, all right, man, I'd like to see how the Leafs are going to fare against Vegas. I want to see the Leafs go against that, Boston. I want to see the Leafs play excellent. Tampa Bay. That was the weird part. Remember, everybody said because, of course, you know, when you're when you don't like a team, like a lot of people don't like Montreal or whatever. But they finally come out of that that whole division or whatever. Yeah, well, wait till they see Vegas, and they didn't be fine with Vegas. Yeah. But because uh, I was watching some of those other games with Colorado or whatever, and I was thinking. 
Well, I don't care who comes out of the East. No one's touching these guys. I know, I know. They, they, to me, I don't know if NBC was, was shooting it differently or whatever. They look bigger, they look faster, they look tougher to yeah. me. Yeah, and I was sort of like, oh, this is not good. But uh, <laughs> and, and with the fans in the in the in the stadium too, it was making such a big difference for yeah, compared I, to compared to what was happening. I mean, up north, I mean, with zero fans at that point, right? Well, I mean, I've, I've got friends of mine who work with, you know, international acts who were down in the States. Uh, one, one guy who, when I was uh, in Nova Scotia, he was heading out in July for almost a year. And uh, he was playing those parts of the, or his, his band was playing those parts of the U.S. where they never cared about masks or vaccines or safety or whatever. It was just full on. Right. And of course, he was worried. So he had all his PPE, his two vaccination shots and and all the stuff or whatever. But uh, so watching those hockey games was just a, to me, a snapshot of what was happening in some of those places. Yeah. Cause if the, if the hockey arena has got 20,000 in it, I'm assuming the mall is full too. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and there's no, and there's no restriction at the supermarket. I, I liked the way Newfoundland and Labrador played it. I liked the way Canada played it mm-hmm. and it all cost us out of our pockets. And we all lost a couple of years of our lives, but I didn't like the devil may care throw caution to the wind thing so i'm if that means we got to do another year of just eastern teams i'll live with it for the safety part but boy there's a lot much more fun though over there when the fans are you know stadiums are full yeah no i i couldn't agree with you anymore and and it's and, and it's just exciting to see your team face off i think against other competitive teams i mean it just to yeah. me like that 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 North division just got a little stale after a while, but at the same time, I was not complaining because I was just so happy to have something to divert my attention to during lockdowns, et cetera. You know what I mean? I, I can't believe prediction wise. I mean, funny enough, of course I want Montreal to win. You want Toronto to win. Never count Toronto out of it. Just too much, too good, too, too much talent. Uh, I think Edmonton from Canada is a team to watch this year. Oh, buddy. Uh, they're going to be good with my guy, Zach Hyman. Oh, he, watch you yeah, watch. I man. Think if well, he's I, healthy. I, if he's yeah, healthy, I mean, he is going to go off, man. Playing with McDavid and Drysaitel, it's going to be it's going to be insane. And and Kenny Holland, who is one very smart, you know, from the Red Wings years to go all their Stanley Cups or whatever, there he knows he's got a he's got a win with McDavid now before Connor walks in and says, uh, "Trade me right effing now." Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm out of here. So the only thing that Edmonton doesn't have going for him, I find, is their goaltending situation is, I mean, yeah. the Koskin is not great. I mean, and Mike Smith is not oh. young. I mean, so I don't know what they're thinking oh. there. They really got to fill that that position there because, I mean, their offense is explosive. I mean, Zach Hyman's only going to add to that. You know what I mean? Right. And, but, but, I, but, yeah. yeah. But defense wins championships. It does, absolutely. So, absolutely. So, so you're, you're right on point, you know. It's really fun during the year to watch all these great players fill the net. But uh, when it comes down to it, and the space gets smaller, and we both know playoff hockey is a different different beast altogether. That that's that's why I mean, you know, really, all you hope for me for the Montreal Canadiens is just eke into the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the beginning of last year, a lot of so called experts just said if they ever managed to make the playoffs, they could be not fun, not fun to play against, mm-hmm. and they weren't fun to play against. Mm-hmm. But during the year where it's kind of wide open, yeah, I mean, they're gonna make the playoffs first. That's right. And yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't think your Toronto Maple Leafs have to worry about making the playoffs. Hmm, uh, yeah, I know. I, I mean, know there's so many, so many, so many things to think about. Pretty, I mean, pretty, just, just the playing in Toronto, I mean, is, 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 I think is a, is a hard thing for a lot of players. It's not just because of the media, but I'm not hundred percent convinced that we didn't get buried with some of those bigger contracts like the Matthews and the, the Mariner contracts are tough, but just because yeah. in the era of the salary cap, it, it allows you, 
that's the reason Zach Hyman's gone. If you think about it, I mean, there's no, no, no room for him. And he had such a, he had such a great year that, I mean, how do you assign, how do you assign a guy for, for that amount of money that you obviously that you can't afford, but in his mind, obviously he thinks he deserves to get paid, which he does in in my eyes. Well, well, it's his last contract. Exactly. It's the one, it's the cash out. It's the one you got to make your money. Uh, You know, I don't know what his prospects for are after hockey. Uh, The, the extended period is way too long for his age, but it was the only way to balance out the salary cap. But it's a buy. It's a buyout type. The uh, buyout, league, he'll, right? he'll never play that eight years. Exactly. Exactly. It'll never happen. The, the the one leaf that I used to love to crap on was Willie Nylander, and I love the plan because after the game, he always sort of looked like a runway model who just came out of the you know who just came out of the hair salon. I mean, the guy the guy doesn't sweat. <laughs> but he had, but he had a heck of a great playoffs. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what. Originally, when they first signed that that Nylander contract, I was, I was vocal about it that I thought it was too much. But I actually think that he's actually played into that. I mean, yeah. besides the way of, a, I, I agree with the. Yeah, I know he's always, you know, he's posh and you know he's always done up to the nines. But he's not. He doesn't get too dirty or fall down much. You know, no. he just sort of he goes to safe places. But he's a great hockey player. Yeah, and and the way that the contracts have kind of got handed out this this season, I mean, at eight million, it's it's not not as bad as, no, it's not as bad as as, as some of them that are out there. I mean, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Gold thing is going to be interesting this oh, year for the Leafs too. Oh, oh, he's only a kid, man. He's maybe twenty five, twenty six. And and how old's Marner? Like, Marner's probably twenty four. I mean, I've got a twenty one year old son. Yeah, and and he's a great kid. And uh, but I mean, the, the pressure they're under and the amount of money you make only makes the pressure more yeah exactly oh definitely you know and uh anyway it wouldn't bother me to see your toronto maple leafs do well as long as as long as they're not at the cost of the montreal canadians right one other thing i wanted to say about uh about hyman i was chatting with my buddy about this the other night i can't think of another player in my life tony that has just gone from playing with you know Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, two incredibly skilled hockey players, right? Top line. Right. He just moved and got traded, and he's going to be playing top line with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Like, right. who gets that hook in their lives? Like, yeah, you know, he, you go from two skilled to two of the other best skilled, you know? Well, he, he, there's no question he earned that re- that reputation that he has, yeah. and he earned the spot on the Leafs line and now, and now, now with the Oilers or whatever. And he's, of course, he's one of those. He can't let off. No, I know, and that's his style of play. That's what's that's what's he, earned him that position, right? He he, he can't dipsy doodle. I mean, he doesn't care what part of his body the puck goes in on. You know, no, uh, no, no. He's scrapping out front. Yeah, you know, he's you're not going to see a lot of uh, Zach Hyman highlights kind of no, thing. You know, no. even though he does make he does make great plays, and those are those are the dudes that make that get you into the playoffs and, and get you on a run. You know. Uh, uh, some some of the people with Montreal last year, you know, the, the Corey Perrys, who have I'm sorry to hear he's gone. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, too. Ah. I know, like what the heck? That didn't like each other, but uh, he had definitely lost a huge step, but he didn't lose his head or his hands. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some of these, you know, sorry to see Joe Thornton leave the Leafs. You know, the guy uh, obviously wants to win. I couldn't He's disagree both. with you anymore, my friend. I could not be happier to see Joe out the door. And I, I, I respect and have, have appreciated Joe's yeah. career, but I didn't see him as the best fit in Toronto, to be honest with you. And I thought no. they used, I thought they used him a little too much in the wrong, in the wrong places. He's just you too know, old all, and slow now at this point. All, all these old guys playing for minimum $750,000 a year contracts, it'd be like me and you playing for 50 cents a gig, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, only, only difference is 
we'd be starving to death at 50 cents a gig and at 750 they're still fine yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and and i'm also i'm also content with like you know a guy like jason spezza who contributes quite often and he's yeah. only on your fourth line he's only playing eight or nine minutes a game like let's be honest but right. i just thought that they use joe a little too much on top line and and power play and that kind of stuff but anyways tone i'm not going to keep you for too much longer here's to a healthy and happy uh, uh you know leafs habs relationship too right uh, there's no, there's no chance of that. It's, it's gotta, it's gotta be dysfunctional. It's gotta be a little bit hateful. I, 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 I it, it's, and it's impossible not to tease your buddy. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Well, that's what it's all about. That's why we all watch and, the sports, isn't and, it? And there's some raging lunatics on uh, on social media who are fun to follow too. Who, yeah. Uh, just take it a little bit over the top. But, Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, anyway. they're like backseat drivers for hockey kind of thing, right? Anyway, I, I guess it's sort of like, you know, uh, talking about the Jays bullpen kind of thing, you know. Oh, okay. what a disaster the Jays yeah. bullpen is. Okay, we're going to have a pitching change now, and we're going to have a change of the channel, too, because I just can't watch this. <laughs> we're going to have a pitching change and also a scoring change two minutes later. <laughs> so much fun to watch, you know, Shet, Vladdy, and. Uh, all oh, these guys man, they got such the young pieces there. It's too bad that they couldn't have just, I mean, if they had just won half of the games yeah. that the bullpen has lost, they'd be in a playoff position right now, or at least a wild card position. But I don't see it happening down the stretch right now. It's just too difficult in baseball. Yeah, it, it, it really is because you got to have, you don't have enough games against you people you're chasing to make them, you know, uh, double games. And, exactly. And, uh, plus, plus what, why, why have the bullpen that's been, Biting all year. Why is it going to get better next week? I don't it's know. It's not. It's and, not. And, and and when it comes to sports, this is why I'm a Montreal fan. I am the eternal optimist. Yeah. As long as it's mathematically possible. Oh, you never know, Dave. Yeah. Oh, come on. I'm not. I'm not betting anyone on this for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. I, I'm with you there, man. And it's, it's, it sucks to see really, because especially when they got put back to Toronto, I mean, once they finally got back into yeah. Rogers center, they really went on a little like 10 and one games or nine and one uh, game swing. there. kind of looked a little promising. I mean, the crowd was hype, but then they, it just fell apart on that West coast there, trip there, recently. There are mark, there are marketing persons, a sports marketing persons dream. Uh, all these good looking guys who are flashy and fun and sincere and they like to joke around or whatever. I mean, being the marketing people, the marketing department for the Blue Jays must just be a last. Yeah. Like, yeah, you no know, because there's just nothing but personality. Yeah. Anyway, Dave, it's been a great being on your show, man. No, it's been a real pleasure, Tony. I want to say, man, thanks a million for doing this. I know you're a busy man. You got lots on your, uh, lots on your plate, but uh, you know, we, we chatted a little bit over the, over the summer about, about doing an episode like this. And yeah. uh, it was just nice to pick your brain on a few of those topics, man. It was a real pleasure. So thanks again for, uh, for jumping you're on. Welcome. It, it was just like it was just like standing outside the ship during a, a, a set break. Exactly, same thing, which I'm sure will happen probably sooner than later, my friend. All right, well, we'll, we'll see you out by the door. All right, we'll chat with you soon. Thanks again, Tony. Thanks, Dave. Bye, bye, buddy. Huge thanks to Tony Murray for coming on. Uh, real treat to have him, and just always great to catch up with Tone. Uh, one of my favorite people, you know, in uh, in St. John's to deal with and work with. So, yeah, just big thanks to Tony. Um, that about does it for me, guys. Not going to keep you too much longer. This was quite a lengthy episode as it is. And, uh, yeah, it's been great. So, I mean, make sure you do, uh, if you're out around during the festival, come and, uh, come and check out a show. Like I mentioned, we're at O'Reilly's with the band uh, Friday and Saturday night and uh, doing lots of solo stuff as well so um from downtown st john's newfoundland i'm dave witty peace